Welcome to the table, the Deacon Table here at WSFI Catholic Radio, 88.5 on your FM dial. I'm here today with uh, Deacon Michael Landi from St. Mary the Annunciation. I am Deacon Greg Webster from St. Raphael the Archangel in Old Mill Creek, Illinois. And on us on, with us online, as always, is Deacon Dave Egan from, I don't know if you, you're still Archdiocese of Chicago, but you're down in, 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 in yeah. Tennessee joining us online, and we're so happy that you continue to join us here in uh, the Chicagoland area. How are we doing, boys? Good, good. Yeah. Reasonably well, thank you. Reasonably well. Mike, would you like to join us, uh, start us off with a prayer today? Okay. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Let's go to Psalm number one. Happy are the people who do not listen to the counsel of the wicked, nor go the way of sinners, nor sit in the company of com complainers. Rather, God's word is their delight, God's word, a study day and night. And we pray that uh, our session would be okay, a way of getting us closer to the Lord. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, you know Mike, I, I, don't, Holy Spirit, amen. I don't think you should start with happy are the people who don't listen. You know, this is a radio station here, Mike, and, <laughs> and we want lots of people to listen and to follow up and, and to support WSFI Catholic Radio, who's bringing... Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. It's a way of saying, Greg, to listen to good people rather than to people of poor counsel. Yeah, but we're still doing our show, so that's... <laughs> 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 so we're back here on a Deacon's Roundtable, and as we've been doing for the last couple shows, we're with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're moving on into uh, further into the park... Uh, Part one, we're going to be talking about the Articles 2 and Articles 3 today, talking about the apostolic tradition, which I think is uh, kind of a great topic uh, going on with the news today with the uh, with Francis's uh, exerting his magisterial authority this week and uh, things like that. Um, where would you start, Dave? Well, the first one which I think is the most important thing that a lot of people um, have difficulty with, especially at least down here with the Baptist Church, other ones, that the Catholic Church does not just go by Scripture and does not take a literal interpretation of Scripture. There's also the uh, tradition of the working tradition of, of the Scripture and the faith and how it's lived. And that this faith has been handed down through history, and it's this this gift is for everybody. With that, and that's the apostolic tradition of that. The besides the scripture, you also have the teachings of Jesus as well as his actions and how he trained the apostles and the guidance and the influence of the Holy Spirit on all of those. So I think that is it's a very much a living faith that's not. Um, Something, for example, like in the, the Torah, that's the first five books, that that is the guiding life for everything. If it's not in the Torah, it is then open to interpretation of the rabbi. But if it's in the Torah, it's a strict interpretation. You know, perhaps so, we need a billboard over by uh, O'Hare Airport and throughout the, uh, throughout the line that says, you know, uh, 
Holy Scripture, brought to you by the tradition of the Catholic Church, and uh, gets that advertisement out there. But uh, yes, you're you're totally right that uh, you know our, our tradition brought us Scripture. Scripture did not bring us our tradition. Certainly, the letters of Paul came out what 30 years after Jesus died. And, yeah, uh, yeah, 30, 40 years. <laughs> you know, last gospel did, arguably came from 75 to 100 year or year 100. So, so uh, we're saying for a few number of years there, there was no New Testament that was written. There Correct. was an oral tradition. Yes, no written. No. So yes. Yeah. Um, so it's something we're actually going to be getting into a little bit later um, in our discussion. Um, is something that I've used preaching before that saying that all stories are true and some of them actually happened. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on the different types of literature and the genre that is in the Bible, in the New Testament, and as well as the Old Testament, and how we look at the overall picture and how those the Old Testament and New Testament relate to each other. And It's a great subject. It's you know, subject. I, 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 think, I love listening to him talk about... Uh... You know, whether whether this was a an allegory or whether this was an actual happening, or and of course none of us know for sure. It's just our it's just our training and our, and and beliefs were going on. But um, or uh, Father Simon uh, from uh, Skokie always talks oh. about the sense of humor that Jesus had when he was when he was uh, talking about things in Scripture. So I think we we miss a lot of the 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 life in the scripture, if you will, the people in the scripture, because, you know, it was a gazillion years ago, and we're reading it now. But uh, I think the most amazing thing about scripture for me is how re relevant it is today, and how the story that affects me today will probably affect me differently tomorrow. And it's uh, so cool how the, the, the scripture is alive if we open ourselves to it. Yeah, and, and one of the other things that having the scripture alive uh, which is key, is that you have to be open to the Spirit to give you the wisdom and the understanding for the interpretation. And that's not something a lot of people really think about or do, or just completely open themselves up and like, okay, what is this saying to me today? Yeah, and how has my understanding changed for the Scripture from my lived experience, how I see God? Well, it's such a beautiful combination because it's, it's who were they talking to back then? What was going on in their lives? What would they have understood this to probably mean? In addition to what you just said about today, and it's you know it's it's not like reading a Harry Potter book where you just sit back and enjoy. There's you know, scripture it takes some time to chew on it, and it takes some time to actually read along with it. Uh, experts in in uh, in scripture as well to help help us understand those aspects and the slight variances uh, anytime you're transcribing from one language to another mike you can tell this better than i would there's slight differences in in the in the uh, interpretations and the speaking and the intent and uh, that's very know. true i'm still not happy with the translation of the bible to our uh, language in the philippines and I, and I don't think all the priests are happy with that yet either because it's not easy to transfer sure uh you know truth from one uh, language and one culture to another language, another culture. Well, when's the last time you used the word constant? Uh, constant. <laughs> that big constant. word that we talk about in the missile, that in our le regular language that we've never talked about, and you know, and, and you know, it's it's the translation of the gospel. Do you want the literal 
one-to-one or the meaning or the intent. And there's so, I mean, if you take the Bible, you, you can, uh, the New American Bible, we read at Mass, was actually put together because it reads well, right? And then we have the Ignatius Bible, and we have the Good mm-hmm. News Bible, which is talking about what they intended. There's so many different mm-hmm. uh, uh, just translations that you can pick up and read. And, of course, you can read the King James Bible, which is the English translation of what's going on, and it totally tells you a slightly different story. So that's why we need our guidances and to help us understand it. But as Dave says, we also need to ask the Holy Spirit to be with us when we, when we, when we open up Scripture. But I think also we need an understanding of what tradition is, tradition with a capital T. Could, could the two of you elaborate more on that so people understand? Is, is liturgy part of tradition? Is, are the writings of the apostles part of uh, tradition? It's, thank you for asking that question. Actually, one of the things that I highlighted in the um, catechism that I wanted to bring up today um, and it, the, it goes under, actually, is a footnote, per se, under 83, Apostles of Tradition and Ecclesiastical Traditions. And it says that tradition is to be distinguished from the various theological, disciplinary, liturgical, or devotional traditions born in the local churches over time. These are the particular forms adapted to different places and times in which the great tradition is expressed. In light of tradition, these traditions can be retained, modified, even abandoned under the guidance of the church's magisterium. And so one of the things you opened, Greg opened up the show with about the news this week and the Pope and the Latin Mass, this is exactly via the catechism where this is taking place of tradition with a small t versus tradition with a big t, with a capital T. And it's that sacred tradition with a capital T that uh, that is bound with the sacred scripture. And those two together communicate one with the other. And it's from both of those that fashions the spirit or the, or the church speaking. So could we, as the, could, could we say, Dave, that the big T, the tradition of the church, which is safeguarded and held with the keys of, of Francis— was ruling on the little t, which is when you're going to use a Latin mass. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. So that, and I think that's the important thing where people are talking about. Um, you know, I, I can't say I can't say with the Latin mass. I really have a uh, a horse in the race. I don't speak Latin. I'm I'm post-Vatican II when I when I grew up. So, uh, and as a deacon, there's not a lot for us to do in the Latin mass. <laughs> um, well, the, I guess there's two forms of Latin Mass. The high one, yes, and the low one, no. But uh, I don't understand either one of them, to be honest with you. And, yeah. uh, and when they asked me to speak Latin, I used my high school Spanish. <laughs> uh, uh, I do remember as an altar boy um, with the Latin Mass, and there were some of the prayers that I had memorized. If you would ask me what they meant, I was clueless, but I knew the words and responses as an altar boy. I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm fortunate. I was able to uh, attend the Latin Mass for maybe several years, maybe four or five years in the seminary before it turned over to the vernacular. So I used to know the Confiteor and a lot of the uh, Latin answers, and I did enjoy the Latin Mass. Okay, and when I do attend Latin Masses today, I still have that that joy and and appreciation 
So, but wasn't Francis said that it was, uh, he was doing this because some people are using the Latin mass for, for, for division. Of, for for division. So I would have liked to have seen him explain that a little bit more because on the surface, I don't think, you know, the average person really understands the issue that much. Well, I could see one of the things that I have seen on social media is just the infighting that takes place about the restrictions of the Latin mass. In our diocese, there are no current restrictions. There was a couple different parishes that were allowed to have a Latin mass, and those have permission to continue it for the time being uh, via an email that the bishop sent out. And I understand all those. However, when I when I sort of reflect on what's happening and how people are reacting, the, the real question I wish would be answered is, in terms of the principle of what we believe and what we pray, the lex credendi, what we believe, lex orandi, and there has to be a, a synchronicity there. I wish they would explain that there is continuity, that we are not disrupting or cutting away or throwing away the old uh, right, the, the old Latin right. I think the, one of the key points of the whole thing was it was allowed initially to bring unity to the church, to allow people to come closer to God in the form of worship that they felt most comfortable with. That was the original intent behind um, John Paul II, particularly Benedict, when he was doing it. Well, I, I think those people who, you know, spent their time watching the Latin Mass are becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger minority in the church, right? I mean, because my kids have no, you know, they, they have a hard enough time yeah. listening to an old older church song, let alone, that's still in English, then <laughs> you hear the message, or I hear, yeah, I mean, we all hear the message. And, and I think that's hopefully what the intent is of, of what uh, the Pope is doing. But, I believe it is. By okay, all means. well, he actually gave the permission back to the local ordinaries with exceptions yeah i mean but <laughs> that was the part that was probably one of the key things yeah well we, we talked a little bit about uh our apostolic tradition we're going to go a little bit further into that when in the sacred scripture in a few four minutes but right now we're going to take a break here on wsfi catholic radio ff ff fm 88.5 on our uh on our radio dial here we'll be back shortly never mind where you have been Hello, this is Brian. I'm a volunteer here at WSFI Catholic Radio. I'm reaching out, letting you know why our expansion throughout the Chicagoland area is so vitally important to the new communities that we will be reaching. God has many tools of reaching individuals and bringing them to conversion. I believe Catholic Radio is one of the biggest tools God uses. One never knows who is listening and just who we will be reaching through the airways, whether it be bringing people back to Jesus and their faith or bringing people to meet Jesus for the first time. Catholic Radio is the key to evangelization. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. 
WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Back on the Deacon's Rolling Table, we thank you for joining us once again as we talk about uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I think it's uh, kind of interesting that uh, I mentioned before that Scripture is not a Harry Potter read or something enjoyment. Certainly the Catechism itself is not a something that's, that's such an easy read, particularly when it goes into the point where, where God is not in time, so he holds all truth as a single word, and that single word is Christ. Boy, you could chew on that for a while, couldn't you, Dave? <laughs> yep. Those are the ones that you ate. Okay, let me take a, a couple hour walk and just think about this. <laughs> but yeah. you said, you know, having it the uh, with that of saying like you know that crisis that twofold way from scripture and tradition and putting it all into it and have that just even that statement alone trying to really think about that of uh, saying like Catholic is besides words it's also actions. And so, as Jesus did, so are we to do. And so, it's just you can't just say your faith; you have to show it in word and action. I, I don't know what gives me a bigger. I don't know what gives me a bigger headache when I try to think of God as the eternal now, which is what is meant that God is not in time, right? Yes, God. Yeah. Yesterday, yes. today, tomorrow is all the same to God, as they say, or the fact that uh, all God was, said was word was the word. The word was God yes. and is and God word, and, and is Jesus all, Christ. Even worse than that is the word came as at once but only as revealed to us as a function of time as we're ready to have it and i was like okay let me reread this like 20 times yes it's it's not a, it's not an easy reader it, it's great it's wonderful it makes us think and that's the kind of things that uh, i think is so important that we take that we take the time to to read that if we just read over that and keep going and maybe that's so much why we have our 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 challenges in the church today is because we we if we hear something on Sunday, uh, a certain parables, like, oh, yeah, I heard that, and we move on to the next one. It's like, no, 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 don't just move on. Sit there and think about it, dream about it, and and uh, think of, and, and spend some time with it. But going back to what we were talking about the Scripture and tradition and the magisterium, I, 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 uh, when I was reading those sections, I kept thinking about uh, my Protestant brothers and sisters, that who beautiful Christians as they are, will ask you, where, do you, you know, where, is, that co- where is that come in the Bible? You know, that goes back into Mike's question. It's like, well, you know, it could be from the Big T tradition, or it could be from the Church Fathers, which would be the early magisterium, and uh, we have to understand those things. But it, but one of the things that, that's highlighted in the Catechism is there should be a great consistency between tradition, Scripture, the magisterium. Just as John Paul II would say, a truth is a truth, no matter where it, where it comes from. So there shouldn't be a great conflict, and if there is a conflict, it's not an aha moment. It's a moment for us to go dig deeper. I'll, I'll agree with that one. Not a problem at all. I mean, one of the other things that, um, looking at the catechism, and this is another, when you step back, is the 
the teaching is the job of the magisterium of the church of the of the bishops um but it, the bishops just do not do that on their own it's actually involving the theologians as well as the people i mean the spirit speaks to the to the people the laity at the same way as the theologians and the truth is actually all of them combined and looking at each other trying to get a greater understanding of who who is god is our revelations of who god is via these the word and traditions as well as what is god calling us to do and in the magisterium is, is coordinating all of these all, all the bishops are coordinating all of these different things and so one of the things that you hear i think a lot of the what would be the traditions in um like africa versus uh south america versus europe versus the united states all the all the magisterium all the bishops are trying to do the same thing of making the faith alive to their people and just it's sort of difference of how that is interpreted and experienced in the celebrations of the mass and interpretations of the scriptures by their lived experience but, but going back to what you said when you talked about the magisterium and the theologians i think we need to remind people that the collegiality of the bishops is the magisterium theologians is small t right because just because i mean the th theologians job is to push the edge and to look at it but they're not the magisterium and what they talk about still is to be re reviewed and sometimes revoked by by our magisterium or our bishops yeah. that are going through this because they, can, point, get, they right. can get a little crazy out there of course so some well, of our bishops also, can get crazy out there as well that's why we have the collegiality <laughs> of, the, of the bishops right so. well i think there's also one of the things that um with the theologians a lot of times they can go to the capital t because we have missed something and all we have strayed from the capital t and one of the great examples of that i think was vatican ii where through sort of the middle ages and, and the crises for martin luther etc there were a whole bunch of little t's and some big t's that were sort of missed and we were called you know by the bishops with the theologians to go back to the big T's from the beginning. Right. And well, we miss that. The Holy Spirit guides the church, not in hours or minutes, but years and decades and centuries. So it takes a while to do that. But at the, you know, at the same time, we got to, you know, be a little careful about, uh, I mean, you know, this from, from, from bioethics, Dave, you can get people can, can say, well, theologian so-and-so said we did this, so therefore they were following the principle of the devil effect. It's like, no, that's not what the church teaches, no matter what theologian. He may be arguing a point, but until the magisterium rules it in agreement, you're not to go there. So we have to be, no. we have to be, care we have to be careful. Of this thing. I mean, certainly, as I always said, a, a faith that can't be challenged or a faith that can't be discussed is not much of a faith. But at some point, you, 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 there's, there's lines where you can go up to the fence, <laughs> but the fence is there. And, and that's where the magisterium is, is the fence. Why? Because Jesus set it up that way, right? And, and, that's right. And we have to believe that the Holy Spirit not the bishops of the of the church, but the Holy Spirit is, is guiding our church, just as the Holy Spirit guided the the authors of scripture but didn't take them over didn't make their hands robots you know he used their talents to to uh to get the message out that the holy spirit wanted proclaimed i mean yeah, I, I mean and the church was is 
people studying church history, you know, it's just something that we heard scripture-wise uh, a little bit a few weeks earlier was uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians about the the pain in my side, uh, the thorn in my side, I think it was. Which I'm convinced you know? is a kidney stone. And there was the, <laughs> um, the amount of ink that has been dropped of trying to figure out exactly what he meant with that. I mean, you know, each person has their own little special viewpoint, whether uh, whether that was a thing, a person, or a situation. Kidney stone. Uh, could be. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but that's the sort of stuff where I mean, even the magisterium are trying to discern, I mean, you know, there's ecclesiality, but there's differences of opinions within the magisterium about where is the spirit leading me to this understanding? And again, so and to me, this is all just an example of a very alive faith that it's not something that is dead. It's it's a lived so, so, experience. So if, so if it's living, there is this uh, feeling that we may be going the wrong direction, or there may be this feeling of we have a lot of questions. Uh, and, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit is moving, and maybe theologians are studying it, Maybe the bishops are studying it or whatever issues are. But, but that's how it feels when we are moving. It seems to me today, with all the, uh, a lot of things happening in the world today, that the Holy Spirit is moving the magisterium, our pope, our bishops, our cardinals, in certain directions. And a lot of the questions that may still be up in the air. We, we don't know which way uh, things will go. Well, cer certainly, though, Mike, the, um, I mean, the catechism will talk about how uh, God answers your prayer. It might not be in your lifetime, but He'll answer the prayer. Yeah. So, so the magisterium might and the Holy Spirit might work on it, but you might not see it in the six o'clock news tonight. Mm -hmm. But we, what do we? We have to have faith that the Holy Spirit is going to take care of things. And at some point, Greg is going to have to recognize that God doesn't need His help running the universe. That God does a pretty good job and can take care. I mean, that's one of the things we have to get that I, that we, that me out of our heads and 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 get back into the. The, the we, whether it's it's us and the poor, us and the church, us and how we address everything, you know, that's one of the challenges. You, know, you talk about the challenges of today is that it's that me culture that, that we've grown up in that it takes several gray hairs and, and life experiences where we start saying, you know, the world's not about me, you know, for as much as I want it to be and things like that. And, and that's part of the so we have to turn it over to the Holy Spirit. And, and how many people think about that? How many people go to church on Sunday without realizing they, and this is, or maybe I should say, how many times do I go to church on Sunday not realizing that I've totally given myself over to God? Or that I'm fully in the presence of God, body, blood, soul, and divinity at the communion? Or has it become routine or mundane? Or, or, or you know, when, when do I say that, when does my face say, it doesn't matter, Gord, it's in your hands, you know? Where St. Ignatius would say, I give it all back to you, God. You, you know what to do with it. And, and uh, um, how often are we in that mode? And, and to comment on, on what's going on externally, is you think, about, oh, my God, what's going on so internally? Is that, that the, the, you know, and that's one of the things about Scripture is to get to see the Holy Spirit working in our lives and seeing, you know, what's the thorn that's in my side that, that's, that's holding me back or, or the other way, reminding me not to go somewhere. Um, one of the things that, that when I, you know, one of my favorite quotes in the Bible is that even the, even the, the devil quotes Scripture. So that's another reason why we need the magisterium to help go, go, go through there. 
you know, we, we, we just got to get rid of this, this I and me uh, uh, conversations that we continually to have my body, my rights, my, 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 whatever we're going through, and uh, getting back to the intent of the community of the church and how, you know, the, the scriptures are there for all of our salvation and that we have to want salvation as much for name name your location of the world <laughs> than we do for our own children. And, and, and we don't think about that. I should say, Greg doesn't think about that from Monday through Friday at 40 hours of work, 50 hours of work, whatever he's doing. You know, you might get close to a little bit on Sunday, but, but we're, we're called to be more than that. What, what really is upsetting us? Maybe that's the, what we need to sit back and say, what is this that's upsetting me? Because a lot of times, as Ignatius teaches you that, you know, half the time that you're upset about something, it's your ego. Yeah. There's, one of the things that I want, there's a summary on this section of um, the heritage of faith, which it's a very interesting comment. Uh, and it was dealing, with, it, it was part of it is the scripture, the tradition, the magisterium, and all of them need to be together at all times. That neither can, none of them can stand alone. You have to have all of them together in that union. But they always, they ended that there's always more truth to discover. And that this truth is not going to be a new truth, but rather the Spirit would be re, reminding the disciples of what Jesus had told them. And that's from, part of it from John. And so that is part of it, too, is like the second that you think you have it figured out and you should be in there, you have to realize you know nothing. And as we used to say, you know, like on the four levels of knowledge, um, the lowest level is that you don't know that you don't know. And then the next level is that you know that you don't know. And that's where most of us are for dealing with the scriptures, especially when it's such a live living. And as soon as you think you know something, you have you then the more you get into it, you realize, I know nothing. I have to really study and pray on this because it's so much more than I will ever do. At least walk your dog and think about it. I think my <laughs> well, the, the, the other way I. I look at it myself is sometimes male or, or me okay when I hear an issue or a problem or a question I want to resolve it then take action immediately one of the things I'm learning with scripture with our faith with the positive faith is it's it's a journey and I may not have my answer today but the the whole point is to stay with the question and hopefully as it goes along I will get my own personal answer or maybe there will be a big answer. So, Mike, how do you balance a a world that we live in that wants instant answer, instant gratification, with what you just said? The the thing I do uh, <coughs> that that I find effective is you sit and pray with the question and say, Lord, this 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 is bothering me. Uh, tell me which way I go, and then keep quiet and listen. On top of that, I could do my studies. I could talk with people, okay, raise questions, okay, raise the feelings I have about whatever issue it is, and then again go back to prayer and meditation. But but in all honesty, in my life, Mike, getting me to stop, think, and pray was a landmark milestone point in my life, and it it took, you know, a firecracker to the ear to say, "Wake up, Greg! Stop and pray." So, so how do we get our our Generation Z, Millennials, uh, the Gregs that are out there that are kind of staring, stereo, sorry, eyed out in the pew? 
how do we get them to stop and pray about it, to think about it, to discern about it? How do we get, how do we stop? You know, what, what was it, Susan Paul or whatever her name was years ago? How do we stop the insanity, Mike? Well, I, I go back to our uh, last session on God. I think we really need to ask ourselves, is there a God? And he, and if there is a God, he becomes the arbiter. If I don't, if I don't really begin to believe in myself that there is a creator, that there is a master intelligence, then I will always be confused. But Mike, there was never a point in my life I don't think I didn't believe in God. But there were points in my life where I didn't let God, where I was more important than God. And maybe that's, you know, when do we stop thinking about me and start thinking about God? We can believe in God's existence without being a faithful follower of of what he teaches, how, of course, or followers of Scripture or followers of the magisterial tradition. You know, I, I think we, 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 we're in the room, but the lights aren't on. And, and how, how, we, how do we flip that switch? Just turn on it and call me back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Um, one of the things that I tend to do uh, that I found very helpful is... I, are we, I don't know if we're going on break or not. I can hear some music in the background. Um, but anyway, I can. One of the things I used to do, especially with couples, um, that was either in the marriage prep or on the, especially baptismal preps. And I said that uh, as an example of a way to have the share, the joy that is the richness of the church. If I had asked you to give me a definition of love, especially when you are. Uh, about to get married, you can give me the examples from your childhood, your, your parents, your siblings, your friends, and now your your spouse. You know love. You understand that topic left, right, and in between. And the first time that you hold your child, if you're blessed enough to have one, you'll have a new definition of love. And with that realization, if you believe that you knew everything there was about it, and you now realize you knew nothing, how much more is there in the world that you think you know, but you know nothing? And that's where the scriptures have this blessing of them, that the more that you know it, the more you realize you don't know. Amen. And you can always go deeper. And that was, for me, that was a great revelation as to how to approach different things in life. All right, we'll take a break on that note, Dave, and we're going to be back shortly on WSFI. Taste and see the Lord is good. Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI, and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith but we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to wsficatholicradio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 
Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. We are back on Deacon's Roundtable, and thank you, listeners of WSFI, for joining us here and, and allowing us to come into your radio space and to discuss Holy Scripture with you. And certainly thank you for your support of Catholic Radio here at WSFI, because without listeners we wouldn't be able to evangelize here, which is so important in this world. So don't forget to visit WSFICatholicRadio.org or P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048 when you have a chance so one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Deacon Mike and, and Deacon Dave, is recently, not, not historically, how do you read the Bible? And since I'm looking at you, Mike, I'm just going to go to you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a very good question. I would read it, uh passage several times and then sit with uh, that passage for, for moments and sometimes for several days. But what what how do you pick the passage? Are you, are you taking it from the readings yeah. of the day? Are you are you opening up a page and pointing to a oh, figure you, to the you, book? Oh, or? if you're if you're uh, referring to that, usually I would refer to the Sunday's gospels and readings or the readings for the day of scripture. Okay. Yes. The, the question was all the above, by the way. But yeah. you know, how yeah. often how often do you read scripture? I mean, how, how much is it as part of as oh, a, as a Catholic deacon? How a, much is is scripture part of your life? Uh, fairly much every day, I would well, I would go over the scripture either of the day, or the Sunday, and uh, meditate on those. On the side, I would I would uh, have studies on maybe the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Mark, and I will read those separately on a on a continuous basis. That's how I do it. Great. Are you a Lexio Divina guy? I'm a Lectio Divina guy, too. Good, so then you can explain Lectio Divina right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lectio Divina. Um, really, you start with prayer. You put yourself into a prayer mode. Then you read You read the scripture, whatever the episode or the uh, verses you want to do. And then um, you sit with that, with, that uh, with the insights the Holy Spirit gives you. You could be a little bit Ignatian and use your imagination, and you put yourself into uh, what the Scripture is saying, and you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your imagination and your heart. And then you go back again to read the Scripture maybe a second time, and then go back to prayer. And what I find the most important in the uh, Lectio Divina is the fourth one, where 
after you've done your analysis and your questions, you sit down, and this time it is uh, my turn to listen to the Lord. And I simply devote as much of my energy to not think, to not feel, but to just listen to how the Holy Spirit will, will move me. That's how I do my lecture divino. Do you read the gospel differently if you're going to preach that Sunday? Uh, very much differently, yes. For some reason. This is not a yes-no answer, Mike, we're on a radio show. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was very interesting this Sunday. We didn't have a lecture, so I had to read the uh, first reading uh, without preparation. And I don't enjoy that. And I, I really... and. You know what? I enjoyed reading it okay. I always without any preparation. I'm afraid of making a mistake. So if you don't and, it, yes. and I just allowed the Holy Spirit to move me to, so that I would know what phrase or word to emphasize. And I felt good about it. But if you're going to preach that Sunday, are you going to read the Gospels differently or the, or the readings differently? Are you going to go about it any differently? Uh, I do read the Gospel a little bit differently if I'm preaching that Sunday. Why? I don't know, uh, something with the Holy Spirit maybe. I would automatically emphasize some of the things I'd like, uh, probably I would emphasize in my homily. And it would come out the way I would talk about it in my homily. How about you, Dave? Um, let me go to the homily one first, because that's the easiest one. Um, there's a, a few different approaches that I take with homily. Look at the readings. And the first thing that I say is there's some emotion that comes out from reading the scriptures. So is there something that hits me? And if there is, I sort of sit and pray on that. I'm saying, okay, what is that? Um, there's other times where it's points that I want to make that are in the scripture that I think that we're missing as a community or questions that I have. And I'll bring those up within a homily. There are other times where there is sort of, uh, I, there is not an idea, and then I start go delving into what the church fathers said more heavily, what do the you know, biblical scholars say. Um, so it's a combination of that. There's a few scriptures that um, I've come across that are some of my favorites in the, in the Gospels, and those a lot of times, depending on what's going on, I'll just sit and pull those out and just bask in this. I mean, one of them is um, the Beatitudes. Uh, the other one is also from uh, Matthew is the separation of the sheep and goats. So those are some of like my favorite passages. Just, uh, the 23rd Psalm is another one where you just sit and meditate on that. Probably for the the feeling of comfort that I get from that. And one of the people who uh, was in my class when I gave me a gift when I moved down here, was, she knitted me a prayer shawl. And I sort of felt like a lot of times when I'm reading certain scriptures that that shawl is around me and actually the shawl is gone. And that type of joy that you get when you find things like that in the scriptures and how much you're mirroring your life on some of those key passages. And that type of, that is probably where I get the most joy from reading the scriptures. There are times if I have to be studying with eight books open on my desk 
trying to understand exactly what this is going on. That seems a lot more academic work than it is joy of reading the scriptures. And what about you, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked the questions here. <laughs> you know, it's changed. It's changed for me over the last couple of years, which is fine. Of course, the only uh, I, I think I spend more time with scripture than I, I ever have, and I, I do it in two ways. First of all, I, I spend. Uh, uh, Father Mike Schmitz is doing the Bible in a Year podcast right now, and um, I think it's day like 198 or something into the year, and I'm right up to speed with him, and and, and that's kind of cool. And I think on his podcast, he reads the scripture, and then he talks about it. Um, I don't listen to the part where he reads it. I read it myself, <laughs> and I use an easy reader, you know, an easier Bible for, for that because uh, I, I just want to enjoy the message. And... Uh, nothing academic about it and then I make sure that uh, before I go to bed um, I listen to what uh, Father Mike talked about in that particular scripture what he got out of it and then um, I have three or four different books uh, that have the daily scripture in it and and commentaries so I, 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 I like to read the scripture and then I listen read the three different commentaries to see what the different people thought about what they were doing and uh, I you know, I'm just fascinated about how three people come up with four different interpretations of Scripture. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm always so delighted when, when one of the, the Scripture readings that I've done for the day um, just talks directly to something that happened in my day, because it, it, it happens so often. And, and it's just one of those things and how the, the Scripture is alive, because it re relates to me. But I, I have to say, if, if I'm going to, to preach that weekend, I... I I may do that with the scriptures, but I think about Greg sitting in the back of the pew, uh, in the back of the church in the last pew, staring at the, the, the guy in the robes up front, and what's he thinking about? And, and what, does, what, what could the scripture be talking to, to, to Greg in the back that day? And I, I try to think about that for about a week. And, and, and hopefully during that time, the uh, Holy Spirit will... Uh, uh, give me an idea to, to go with. Um, I, I like to to try to wait until I see, you know, the, as Dave said, the emotion. Um, but what what is something that 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 perked me up, or something that that I thought was real relevant to to Greg in the back of the church, who uh, um, struggling to pay some bills, struggling with wife, kids, and everything else. And what what does the scripture mean today? Because I think it's so important for us to take scripture and say what is god what is god telling trying to make a message to me today here now you know where i am in my life and my journey right because god meets us where we are today god's not so worried so much about yesterday you know for us he wants to meet us where we are today and deal with what we're doing with today and, and uh hopefully if i can relate to that then someone in the in the, the church relates to that with me you know, I, so, I think it's so important that deacons have the opportunity not to speak all the time. Certainly that's the job of, of our priests and our bishops. But occasionally um, we can bring in that perspective of, of paying bills and, and dealing with family relationships of, as a father and, and uh, a different perspective that we bring to the altar. We should totally be complementing what our pastors and our associate pastors and our priests say. Um, and, I, and I think it's a, important to, to bring up that point, you know, that, uh, you know, I can, I can relate some of this stuff 
in the gospel to my 401k <laughs> for either for good things or for bad things but you know what there's a hundred people sitting in front of me they're probably thinking something real similar too and I try to think about what that what might might be going on because I think um, as, as Pope Francis said so many years ago to the to the young people down in South America wake up I, I think preaching is you know every time we talk about scripture it's such a wake-up moment and, and it's such a wake-up moment for me I've been asleep for so many years and my faith has been asleep. I've been going through, I, I was alive, I was active, but I, I didn't get it, you know, and, and I didn't feel the, the joy or, or the sense, you know, I thought I was in control, you know, and, 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 and we've got to give that up if we want to find the message of Jesus. The thing about it, I didn't get it. I, I, I went through, I went through that experience too. It's like the way I read scripture now and praise scripture if I compare that to what, where I was 20, 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, it's completely different. Uh, before the scripture, whether I'm reading it or listening to it, was something literally that went through one ear and out the other. And I couldn't find the relevance of scripture to me, to my life. For, for some reason, I feel it's a gift that today I read scripture and I, there are glimpses of Christ, and there are glimpses of me, uh, and messages for me, in in Scripture. But what's the gift? I mean, the Scripture was always there. God was always reaching out to you, trying to give you those messages. Is it a gift that God finally had a big enough hammer to, to open our, your eyes, or was it the gift that you took the time to to the, hit yourself with the hammer? What's I mean, what's the elaboration? The, 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 there? Diff the difference, Greg, is I always thought God wasn't there until I began to realize that it was me who wasn't there. God was always there. And the more present I became, and that's where Lecture Divina has been very helpful, okay? That's where meditation on scripture becomes very helpful. Then you begin to be more present, and only when you're more present can you hear a little bit more. You, you know, Dave, what amazes me so much today is uh, how often I have to remind people, and younger people, how much God loves them. I mean, certainly throughout there in Scripture, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, it, it's God, it's a parent reaching out to, to, oh. the, to the werewolf child. But why is it today that, that is, is, am I off on that, or are you saying well, that? Or how, much well, I, how often I have to tell people God just loves them. No matter what they do, God loves them. Well, one of the things that from both the just immediate past conversation and the questions that you just asked, the thought that popped into my mind was the uh, Mark Twain quote. That you know, when I was younger, I was ashamed at how ignorant mm -hmm. the old man was, and I was surprised how much he'd learned in seven years. <laughs> and so, and how much of that is us? Where I mean, how you view things in like middle age, and now I'm retired. Um, how I view things are so much different when I was you know, a brash twenty-year-old when I knew everything, um, to now where. You're just looking at the beauty and saying, oh, I missed that because I had blinders on. And I think that's the part when you slow down. And, and the, the church has always invited people to slow down, get, you know, go away and retreat, get rid of all the things, and then open yourself up to some of the scriptures and what's going on. Because I got to admit that since I've been retired, I really am much more aware that's going on. I, mean, I just I, blinders have been removed. 
I was going to say, what, what, what were your blinders? The blinders were, okay, um, I must get this done for work. I have this, uh, I have this uh, requirement here. I must do this. I must do that. And now get up, you know, um, oh, I can have that extra cup of coffee. I can just look at the, the beauty of, of what's out in the world, looking at the sunrise. Um, I can spend time with that neighbor and seeing, okay, let me hear you know, your story. What's going on? You know, how can I help you? How can I make the scriptures alive in me and in you? Just by actions, without making that as a a, um, a conscious thought, you know, pushing it as a, or a statement, but having it in the background. Okay, how am I going to be living the scriptures today? I mean, one of our dismissals that are at the end of Mass, go and live the gospel. Um, yeah, so if, if I take that seriously, you know, that's what the week is about of being open to seeing that love. But that's what we have to do. We have to take off all of the other things of the 40, 50, 60 hour week when you don't have those plowing on you and having to take the kids to the soccer practice, do this, do that. You, know, you really do find you have a lot more time to go searching for God. I really think there has to be a thirst. There has to be hunger. And, and, and until and unless that's there, then we don't begin to see Christ in Scripture. I'll agree with that totally. You know, I, I'd like to, as we're coming up to the end of our show here, is to, to highlight what Dave said, talking about searching for God. And, and maybe that's the message in, in Scripture for that. Uh, if you want to go searching for God, find him in your gratitude of your life, of course, but also find his, his revelation in Scripture. Take some time to, to, to seek God through Scripture, because God is trying to communicate us through there. But also look around and see the joy in our lives and, and the gratitude. But I, I think that if we're going to have a, a closing message today, guys, it should be the searching. You know, let us all continue to search for God. And let us not assume that we found God or that we found God good enough, but that we all need to continue to be on that search of God in our lives. Dave, would you like to end us in a prayer today? Sure, glad to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God, thank you for all the gifts that you've given to us today. Please continue to give us those gifts, but also include in the gifts the chance to open up our eyes and our ears to be aware of you and to see you in the world. And let us have that thirst so that we go searching even more for that love that you have given us and that love that is abounding in the world if we only open our arms. Keep us all safe and healthy in our journeys. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, listeners of WSFI. We're happy to be with you again here on uh, 88.5 FM, and we look talking to you in the future. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness Never mind where you have been before Everyone is welcome Open is his door So come